and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your day. We're going to talk to Mike Yam here momentarily of the NFL Network. Uh, Austin... Well, we'll get to this. Uh, we'll get to this a little later on in the show. We'll talk to Mike here for a second. Lloyd sent me a funny text about Austin that we have to relate to our listeners about Austin's banana allergy that he admitted to in the last segment. <laughs> it, it, during your cocaine banana story, which which was amazing. Yeah, see, that, uh, that was a, a fun not sports report there. Oh, okay. <laughs> more more cocaine banana stories. Gordon, if you could, if you could dial those up. Uh, let's uh, jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now, he makes the magic happen for the NFL Network. He's Mike Yam with us here on the big show. What's going on, Mike? Doing great, guys. Appreciate the invite as always. Uh, I guess uh, a slow news week outside of the NFL. <laughs> Picked up a little bit late last night, uh, just a touch. So I'm sure you guys have discussed a little bit about what's happening in the Pac-12. Uh, yes, uh, you could say that. It's it's dominated most of the show. And, of course, Mike, uh, yeah. uh, all our listeners are familiar with your work at the Pac-12 Network. So uh, we'll get to the NFL with you, of course. But give, sure. us, give us your thoughts on the league moving on from Larry Scott. You know, I think it's like a. I think it's a really good thing for both sides of it. Uh, you guys know as well as anyone. This has been this has been an issue. You know, the national narrative hasn't been a positive one over the last few years. And you know, I think Larry Scott went into this job and did some really made some really shrewd moves that that were super helpful to the conference um, in a lot of ways. But the last few years. It's he's been more of a negative just based off of the, the you know the sort of the public reaction to some of the things that have happened in this conference, fair or not fair. He's just been associated with a lot of those decisions. And to me, I think this is a great opportunity for the league to sort of reset, reevaluate how they perceive this conference and where they want it to go over the next ten years. Because as you guys know, this gap among Pac-12 compared to the other Power Five conferences is only getting bigger. And to me, it was really disappointing to see uh, how this league has been discussed the last couple of years. How you guys know better than anyone with what you know, Utah and Kyle Whittingham was able to do. You know, a season I guess two seasons ago technically, but you guys know what I'm referring to. But knocking on the door for a college football playoff, and yet that national narrative was not one that was super inclusive to the youths. And I, to me, that's disappointing. And I think it got worse this year, uh, you know, with you guys like Kirk Herbstreit talking to me about the American conference, having more credibility than the PAC 12. That's a problem guys. So to me, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to a new chapter. And I think a lot of the fans uh, in this conference, I actually talked to Wayne Tinkle uh, at Oregon state earlier today. And Wayne had even was very complimentary of some of the things that Larry was able to accomplish earlier in his tenure. But he's also excited about the prospects of, of what's still to come for this league. So, Mike, when you were working for the Pac-12 Network, did you ever sit there in your office and say, you know, this would be a good thing for the league to do, and this is a good thing, and this is something I would change? What's on your list? 
You know, I spent a lot of time in that building. Um, I've had people, you know, joke with me on Twitter saying, do you have a bed there? It did seem like some of those, some of those weekends, um, you know, the, the, there was an extended stay. Uh, you're right. I did spend a lot of time there. You know, I, it's hard. I, I don't think Larry Scott went into any decision and said, how do I mess this up? That's not, I don't think that's where, where anyone in the leadership role comes from. I think he's been public. You know, some of the quotes that I've seen over the last day now have even said, hey, wish you could have changed some things. You know, the distribution thing was a problem for the conference. We all know that. Uh, you know, the late games, coaches that weren't happy with, you know, from a scheduling standpoint, the administrative part of things with officiating, these are all things that were problems. But, you know, from my vantage point, when I was working at Pac 12 Network, I just wanted to do the best shows that we can. And I know that sounds cheesy, but my God, if there was anything that was related to the Pac-12 that anyone was talking about, I just wanted to make sure that we covered it better than everyone else. And it was unfortunate at times because you would hear about the distribution over the years, and that was well above my pay grade, especially after seeing some of the numbers that were listed um, you know, over the last couple of years for some of those salaries. But, you know, to me, I just wish that they were able to solve the distribution. That's the one thing that I think really would have changed the fortunes of not only the conference, but that has been a really tough year for a lot of people on the conference side, especially on the network side. Uh, you know, clearly I lost my job there and I've had some friends that have also lost their gigs, the furloughs. It, it's, it's one thing when, when I think we look at these situations and say, all right, well, Larry's making almost $50 million by the end of his contract. Well, there's a lot of other people like us, like me, for example, I wasn't making $50 million during the course of, of my tenure there. I've got friends that, you know, have families that are trying to, you know, figure out their, their living situation, their, their bills. How are they going to feed their families with their kids? You know, this is a stressful time. So um, I, I just really, I wish that they were able to figure out that distribution piece. What do you think is the likeliest future for the Pac-12 network? It's a great question, and I've been thinking about it a lot. I, you know, I wasn't even aware of this, guys, and maybe I should have known and I just forgot, but... You know, the downtown San Francisco offices, I, I thought the lease agreement went through 2024, which is when the rights deal is officially up. Uh, it turns out it's 2022. And I've read some comments from uh, some of the school presidents, and a lot of things are still on the table, and there's nothing decided right now. But one of the topics, and I think I saw this on a tweet. Did you guys talk to Kinzano already, or is that coming up later in the we show? Did. We, yeah, we did. We talked to him uh, last hour. Okay, so I don't know if John brought this up or not, because I know he got to talk to a couple of those school presidents. But to me, what I found fascinating was this idea of, like, potentially even moving things. And I don't know if that's a conference thing where they pick up or leave, but, you know, the two are hand in hand. They've shared those, those, the office space for a couple of years now. So I don't know. Like, it's not like you can just – you can pick up and move offices and go to a different part of the country – you can't necessarily do that with a television studio that's as big as the one that we had at Pac-12 Network. So, you know, 2022, like that is that's significant uh, in terms of the timeline for the network. Uh, I, I hope the future. My God, guys, I have so many close friends that are still working there. I, I want that place to thrive and I want it to do it in a big way. So I'm cautiously optimistic that a new commissioner will come in and and try to figure this thing out. But I you know, I'm not naive, you know, that, that negotiation happens, you know, they're not getting SEC money. And, you know, I talked to someone uh, today who covers the conference and, and he felt like, well, the, the deal is going to be bigger than the last one. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to go out on a limb and say that, which would not be a good thing for this conference. I hope they get top dollar because I think that will help from a network perspective, but 
you know, I think the way signs are pointing right now, it's, you know, the Pac-12 network potentially in some trouble, but more specifically, does a partner come in and, and handle a lot of the production? You know, it's the league owning that network creates a very different and unique model compared to everyone else. And maybe, you know, it looked good on paper, uh, but maybe having a more traditional partner could be huge for, for the conference and for the network moving forward. Obviously, Mike, the uh, complications in fixing what needs to be fixed in the conference will take some time. But when we talked with John Canzano, he said one of the first things that he would recommend that a new commissioner do is go out and talk to each of the schools in the league and sit down and listen to what they have to say. And he also brought up importance of a new commissioner understanding the importance of football because it seems at times Larry Scott got a little lost on that. I think there's no doubt whoever look there's some boxes that need to be checked. One I would say is the football aspect of things and it's not can you draw up a play? Do you understand the X's and O's? It's the business of football that I think is really the key component. If you do have, you know, the football X's and O's acumen even better, but I think the football part of it is is a problem. It's the media rights, which is mammoth. This really, this media rights negotiation, guys, changes the complete trajectory of this conference over the next decade or so. They either get back to relevancy or they're going to be irrelevant, and I don't know what that means for Power Five and that designation if they can't figure out the money piece of things. And then to what John's point was on the connections on those campuses, I think that's really important. You know, to me, guys, I think there's only a small circle. I've seen some names that have been thrown out there by the media. I don't know if you can get someone that can check every single one of those boxes. Like, like who's the guy that can do media negotiations with networks but also understand the business side of football, that can handle the administrative part, the scheduling part, uh, be a champion for playoff expansion, which really the Pac-12 conference needs more than the other pi- other Power 5 conferences. I, I think that's a hard hard balance to strike. What I do think you can try to do is find an expert that can cover a couple of those and check a couple of those boxes and then be wise enough to know, like, hey, I might not be the media expert, but I'm going to make sure that I have some people around me that can help facilitate those contracts. Because I think if you fall down the path of finding someone who's a media expert, for example, that does that deal, well, what does that commissioner then do for the next five to 10 years? So to me, and I, this is like an outside the box, uh, you know, sort of name that I'll float your guys' way. But I really do. And I, I think anyone who's listening right now knows that I'm not only friends with this guy, but I worked with him for a few years. But I really do think Rick Neuheisel would be tremendous in that role. You guys talked about the connections on those campuses. My God, Rick was a coach at three of those locations. And believe me, I traveled with him uh, all over the West Coast in this footprint. They love him. He can work a room. I think he's willing to listen. And then the football side of things, he's been a champion of an of a expanded playoff for a couple of years. He talks about it on his radio show all the time. We were talking about it those first few years uh, when, when we were working together at Pac-12 Network. Uh, the administrative side of things with football uh, being related, I, I think he'd check a lot of those boxes. And I also think Rick's smart enough to go and know what he doesn't know and get people to help him on that front. So, once again, an outside-the-box name for you guys. But I think a lot of people have – gravitated towards sitting ADs at not only campuses on the Pac-12, but some of the big uh, universities around the country. 
Mike Yam with us from the NFL Network, and uh, let's switch gears to the NFL, Mike. Uh, it's certainly yeah. one of the more fun weekends in sports coming up. Um, are the Bills playing well enough that they can go in and, and knock off the defending champs? Cool. Uh, you know, I think the, the Mahomes situation and his health help them in that regard. You know what's interesting about this? You know, Buffalo has been tremendous, and I wish, and I know we've all been, uh, you know, loving when Dak Moss is healthy and, and on the football field and having an impact for that team. You know, there was a stretch there where we were like, hey, Buffalo is the sleeping giant. Buffalo is the sleeping giant. And then all of a sudden, you know, heading into that matchup against Indianapolis, who, by the way, is a really good football team, I think people started to doubt them. And you started to hedge a little bit. This is tough, man. I mean, Kansas City has been spectacular this season when they are right and engaged. And they are so talented. I think they definitely have a chance because I just don't know about the health right now on the home. So, to me, that, that, that puts them in that conversation for winning the game. And, my God, I mean, Allen has been terrific so far this season. To see his development over the last two years, that quarterback spot, to me, has been spectacular. Um, but right now, it's like, how do you slow down some of those explosive weapons that Kansas City's got? And, and more specifically, if Mahomes is not right, you know, that running game is going to have to be key. But I, I think, you know, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, those guys have pulled the right strings with, um, you know, just play calling throughout the course of the season. And I give him credit, right? Like, you know, week 17, we don't see, you know, a lot of those starters out there. Chad Henney gets some meaningful reps. And what do you know? They actually need him to have really meaningful reps. And he kind of saves their hide a little bit and, and gets them to advance into the, uh, the conference championship game. So it's going to be a hell of a matchup. Mike, speaking of uh, quarterbacks, got a couple of legends going in the other game. What do you make of that one? And it's hard to even imagine either one of those guys walking off the field a loser. Oh, my Lord. Are you? I mean, Aaron Rodgers the MVP this season. And I don't know if you guys have had opportunities to see too many of his press conferences this year. Uh, not like in, in the past I would sit there and watch press conferences, but this year I've seen a whole lot more uh, with my time at NFL Network. His demeanor just appears different to me. Casual, laid back, um, introspective. Uh, it just There's a different vibe. And when I watch him on the football field, I think you can make the case he's – and granted, I'm making the case for him being MVP, but I could also make the case that this might be the best we've ever seen Aaron Rodgers play. And, you know, this is a guy that I, I just think the world of. So you're right, you know, win or lose. And, and the fact that they're at home I think certainly helps. Going up against Tom Brady, I mean, that's what a feather in his cap if they're able to go and get this win. And this is a Tampa Bay team that's actually surged. You know, guys, I've done some freelancing with Intel Sports, so I've had a lot of Tampa Bay's games because the, the cameras from Intel are actually down at Tampa Bay and Indianapolis. So I saw mostly those teams. So I, I saw a ton of Tom Brady and that squad. And I watched that game, uh, you know, earlier this season between these two teams, and, and Brady's team just rolled in that particular matchup. They're peaking at the right time. I think what makes this matchup dangerous is if that defense from Tampa Bay has the same type of performance that they did you know, last week against New Orleans, could be a long afternoon for, for Aaron Rodgers and, and that, Tampa, uh, that Green Bay offense. I, I don't think Tampa Bay gets enough credit for being as complete a football team as they are. Everyone gravitates towards Tom Brady, and I get that. But, my God, this team defensively has got some studs on it. Is Houston going to be able to move to Sean Watson? And how did that uh, end up going so badly for that franchise? 
communication, right? I mean, that's that's becoming an issue, and we're seeing it not only on the corporate side of things. Uh, you know, we're, we're, hell, we, we were just talking about what some of the issues for the Pac-12, right? I mean, communication at times has been an issue really even in this league. When you look at the back and forth and decision-making for, you know, this past season, start and stop things uh, with regard to, you know, Pac-12 play, sometimes you got to communicate more effectively. And I think in that particular situation with Watson, I mean, it's a franchise quarterback. You make a case, man, like this top five guy, top five guy in that position in the NFL. And, you know, he feels like he doesn't have a say. And that's tough. I, I hope that they don't have to go and move him. Um, I do think there's a world that exists that maybe it's better for that franchise. I haven't gone through all the numbers in terms of salary cap space, but um, by everything that you've seen, it, that team is in a tough spot their new general manager Nick Casario he's going to have his hands full here and, and maybe if you go hey complete rebuild what can we go and get for Watson and the price would be potentially high you know maybe that puts this franchise back on a on a on an upward trajectory but you know Deshaun is he's spectacular guys you know the more you watch him on the football field the more you realize he was trying to do everything this past season and didn't have a whole lot of help so I, I just hope he's in a situation where we're not wasting his talents because he is that good how do you think Urban Meyer will do at Jacksonville tell me guys the last time a college football coach had real success in the NFL like real success um you know, is it is it Jimmy Johnson? I I, I mean, it, would you it's say Pete hard. Carroll? Pete Carroll, you know what? That's a good one too. Although, I, you know, is Pete? So Pete was in the NFL first and then went to SC. But that's a great yeah. call. Like I, I was, you know, I think at that point, you know, people thought of Pete as more of an NFL guy. But you're, you're right, Pete Carroll is a great example of that. I, I guess the point is, right? Like it's not. It, it's not a lock and it's not a guarantee. And you guys know Urban from your time and his time, I should say, in Salt Lake City. Um, great football acumen. You know, Matt Liner, who I trust just because I got to work with him and, and we became buds. You know, Matt has raved about Urban Meyer as, um, you know, not only a great person and a great leader, but his, his X's and O's acumen. I just think it's different. You know, we, we were talking about communication before. I'm always surprised. I think one of the toughest adjustments from a college coach to an NFL coach is how do you communicate uh, to your players? It is a very different environment in a locker room with pros versus the college kids. And that's why I'm surprised. And I know his name gets floated every once in a while. I think if you said to me, pick the college coach right now in the country that could have the most success at the NFL level, it's David Shaw to me. I think those guys at Stanford are as close to an adult mature standpoint as any other kid that you'll get at that level than anyone else. Like I think David has just sort of been trained now over the years on how to communicate with a mature group. And I think that would, would do him really well. I know Stanford fans are probably like, are you kidding me? Let's not talk about losing David Shaw. But um, to that point, I think communication is going to be one of the biggest factors uh, that will determine Urban Meyer's success. And that, and is Trevor Lawrence going to ball out and be as good as we all think he is? Hey, Mike, we can't thank you enough for coming on with us, buddy. We really appreciate it. You guys are the best. Stay healthy and looking forward to doing it again soon. You back, too, man. Back at you, Mike. Thank you very much. Uh, Mike Cam, uh, of course, he, he works now for the NFL Network, uh, but uh, worked for a long time uh, at the Pac-12 Network. So it was a great day to have Mike on and, and get his thoughts on, on both subjects. And, you know, he had an up-close and personal view of how things were going there at the Pac-12, not only with the league, but the network as well. So uh, it was great to get his insight.
Man, he he really uh, fired off some really terrific points there, didn't he? He did, absolutely. And so yeah, I wish he told us who was going to win these games, though, because I don't know about you, Jake, but I need help. No, you don't. You're going to pick Tampa and the Chiefs. I am. Yes. Yeah, but that that Patrick Mahomes situation, I know he's going to play, right? But is he going to be effective? Is he going to be in a cloud? Well. I don't know, but I still think you're going to pick Tampa and the Chiefs. Why would I pick? Why would I pick Tampa over the favored Packers? Uh, what is the line on that? Three and a half, I think. We know why you're picking Tampa. Hey, half half my family are Packers fans, so I don't. I mean, they all cheer for the Packers. It's hard for me to pick. That's like you saying I have a lot of fat friends, so I can right. call people fat. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I know Packers fans. Yeah, well, they're, they've they've invaded my family, and my invaded? son-in-law. My son-in-law is from Wisconsin, so I mean, he, he, but he is sort of uh, passed that along. Yeah, you're dancing around it, but yeah, we're, you're picking Tampa and you're picking the Chiefs. We know. I, I, how can I, the only reason to pick Tampa is because you get three and a half points, and you're picking Tom Brady uh, against Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. yeah. The MVP yes. Yes. this year? That's exactly what you're going to do. Uh, I, I'm i not so sure, man. I'm waffling on this back and forth. I can't make up my mind. Sounds like someone but. hoping Jake will take Tampa so that you can slide in there and take Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. <laughs> you're as bad off as I am, Austin. Yeah, don't but come, I, but here, I hate don't Tom come here and lose the way you do and then ask me those kinds of questions. I, you profess you deny your love for Tom Brady. I openly uh, profess my hatred for him. Yeah, I'll come here once every two years and ask me this these kinds of questions. I don't want to hear it from you. Show some class. Coming up next, Chucky Keaton jumps on the show. <laughs> Currently running backs coach at Utah State University. Well, an underrated part of that rant, by the way, when Gordon to told show some Boylan class to show some class. Yeah, a year after the Max Hall thing. <laughs> <laughs> Show some class. Actually, six months after. It anyway. was, yeah. It wasn't that long after the the, the Maxall thing. <clears throat> Chucky's next. Chucky's next. We'll Chuck talk to e? him about uh, how it's going up there at uh, Utah State as that new staff tries to uh, to get things going. We'll talk to Chucky about it next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's jump out to the zone phone. He is now the running backs coach at Utah State. He is Chucky Keaton with us here on the big show. Chucky, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Uh, can't can never complain when you're uh, when you're in Logan, Utah, representing the the old blue and and getting these Aggies right, man. Yeah, I was going to ask you, and it's probably not uh, the right time to ask you, considering it's like five below in Logan right now. But is it good to be back? Good to be home? No, it's 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 great. It's uh it's still crazy to me just through the journey that I've been on and the opportunity to go through the program as a player and play for five years and then to be able to come back to this school is is a uh, is a is a dream and it's a blessing. Um and like I said, it's it's still kinda crazy to me just to be able to come back and be able to see all these guys. It's at one point it was a foreign place and now um I can I'm pretty much the tour guide for some of the other coaches, so <laughs> yeah. So what are you looking forward to the most? 
You know what? The, the big thing is is kind of uh, pushing forward the legacy of, of Utah State football. And, and for me, um, I mean, even whenever I was at Texas Tech the, these past two years, I still kept tabs on – on what the guys were doing because I mean I was here in 2018 with the with the old staff so um, seeing seeing how they've how they've done in the past couple of years and uh, like I said just continuing to to build upon that and, and to build upon so, what some of my old teammates and and the great Aggies before me um, what they built and so I'm I'm definitely excited to to get back to to that and to continue to to really just improve upon. Uh, upon the foundation that's already been laid in front of us. How did you get connected with, uh, with coach Anderson and uh, what are your impressions of him? You know what? He was actually, I mean, as you guys already know, uh, he was a head coach at, at Arkansas state. And so uh, <laughs> uh, I actually met him whenever I was injured in 2014, cause I actually traveled to that game. And so um, that was part of it. Um, the other thing is, is coach Wells really uh, helped connect and, and bridge that gap between myself and Coach Anderson, and um, and so I, I got a I got a fa- I got a favorable uh, recommendation, and and from then I talked to Coach Anderson, and he and we just we talked a little bit of football, and, and talked more about just being people, and and that was really the big the big connection that we had with each other. So, Chucky, how important is local knowledge with this program, and what what are your philosophies about Utah State football? Um, I think the biggest philosophy with this with this program, and I think it's, to my knowledge, it's always been the same, and that's that's a giant family. Um, we used to call it the Aggie Brotherhood, which um, which is still very very strong. Um, but just the the presence of a family, and um, whether it's guys from across the state or whether it's guys throughout the entire country, uh, I mean, even the even some of my old teammates I talk to just about every day, uh, whether I want to or not. But <laughs> but it, it's the family atmosphere. It's it's the way that we treat each other, and it's the it's the acceptance that we have of each other. Where um, where you just have so many different backgrounds, you have so many different um, upbringings or types of upbringings. But because we're all fighting for the same common goal, and because we're all in the same situation where we all just want to be a better version of ourselves. I think that's really been the biggest piece that kind of connects everyone theoretically. And so seeing it play out in, in everyday interactions and, and really these are relationships that wind up lasting for years. And, and I mean, at my age, I'm only, no, actually this is 10 years. So, uh, so far it's a full decade. So my, these relationships are, are so, so deep that, um, that family, that family atmosphere, that family relationship always plays full and, and comes full circle. Wait, 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 wait a minute, Chucky. It's been ten years, has it been? You're getting old. I know. Trust me. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'd, ra- I'd rather keep getting old, but my goodness, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been ten years. Um, thankfully, I, I started in 2011, and so this is this upcoming year is going to be it's going to be the tenth year with me and Aggie football. So I'm excited about it. Has it been challenging transition uh, transitioning to coaching? No, it, it it hasn't been too too challenging because thankfully uh, I was injured most of that time, so uh, I kind of got to pick up on um, my second career at that point. And and with that being said, I was able to kind of mentor as best as I could um, 
my my other my other teammates, whether it was a, a receiver or a running back, or even if it was a guy in in my own room with with another quarterback. So um, I, I think at the earliest stage, whenever I first got done playing, it was it was tough just because it was a brand new it was a brand new life, and um, it I didn't really have a ton of of knowledge going into it. Uh, not it. My family or my dad is not a is not a football coach or anything like that, so I didn't have a ton of, of prior knowledge. But um, just diving into it head first uh, was was so much fun, and it was just another challenge that I really wanted to go and attack. Chucky, what's the first thing, the first bit of advice you give, you would give uh, young players coming from high school onto campus about what they need to know? What something that you've learned? Yeah. <laughs> The the funniest thing is I know this happens with parenting, it happens with coaching all the time, but it's like before you know it, everything passes you by and you can blink and now you're you're done. I mean, like I said, everybody, I think everyone says it as a parent is like uh, you were a child or you were my baby, and then I turn around and that time just flew by. And so my big thing is with these young guys is is your time will fly by incredibly flat, incredibly fast, but um, it's about what you do with the time that you have. And, uh, I mean, even I tell my family all the time, I definitely could have done a lot more just based off of or I could have done a lot more as a player, but I made some 20-year-old decisions and so at times. And so um, as I look back on my life, I, I try and I try and help these guys out as best as, as, best as I can and not make – some of the same mistakes that I did. And with that, it's work your hardest every single day or as often as you can and just see what happens. That's, that's my big thing. I don't, I don't expect anyone to just trust me off of what I say, but see it for yourself. Maybe I work as hard as I can for, for one week and I'm going to be tired during that week. Yeah. But at the end of that week, you're going to see a significantly improved product of yourself than you did a week prior and so, like I said, I, I, my big thing is I just try and give those guys the guidance, but at the end of the day, they got to do it on their own. And I, my big thing is I just want to empower them to do that. Chucky Keaton is with us here on the big show. And, Chucky, as you well know, there have been some really great running backs to play at Utah State, particularly lately. Tell us a little bit about your uh, running back room. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of funny that you say that because uh, as I was coming back, I was, I was driving up from Salt Lake, and uh, I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, we've had a couple quarterbacks and all that good stuff. But it's like, I think we might be, at least offensively, this might be like uh, a running back's paradise just based off of, just based off of the past success that we had. Um, so uh, we, we got some young guys. We got some scrappers in the room. And uh, I'm still trying to fill out our room a little bit, um, just just getting to know them more than anything else. And, and for me, I'm, I'm kind of a psychology nerd, so I like understanding how they think. And with that being said, um, of course, it translates over to the field a little bit. And so, like I said, it's, it's still early in the stages of, uh, of really getting to know these guys and really figuring out kind of how they tick. But I do know that these guys are, are very resilient. Um, they've all fought to be here at one point or, or one way or another, and it hasn't been the easiest. hasn't been the easiest method to get there. But um, they just—I mean—they're going to continue to work, and I know that from from being around them so far. I mean, 
they're about business. And <laughs> I've seen that with, with just a couple or really just a couple of meetings that we've had so far is, is these guys really want to get down to work and they want to, they want to be a better version of themselves. Chucky, I got a question that takes you back in time. But when you uh, were at Utah State, I think you shared one year with Bobby Wagner there, if I remember correctly. Uh, if that's true, did you have any idea he was going to be as good as he turned out being? Uh, yeah. So I, I did play. I only played my freshman year with Bobby. And um, actually, it's funny to me because knowing who Bobby is now and knowing uh, kind of who he was my freshman year, whenever I came up on my official visit, I did not know who he was or anything like that. Not so, clearly, he's not a nobody, of course. But uh, I came up on the BYU game and. And DeAndre Burrell had a great game. Xavier Martin had a huge catch, and and Chris Randall uh, had a had a huge interception. Curtis Marsh had great plays, and Kyle Gallagher had some big hits. And while Bobby probably had, knowing him, he probably had 48 tackles. But I didn't. I just I don't know. I just was I was mesmerized by the rest of the guys. But it's it's crazy and it's incredible to see how productive Bobby is. Uh, right now, and and he's he's fairly deep into his NFL career just by NFL standards, and to see the the way he continues to just grind and and uh, and how he plays every Sunday is just crazy. But at the same time, seeing just a glimpse of who he was as a person and as a player my freshman year, it it doesn't shock me one bit that he's producing the way he is, and and knowing him. Uh, <laughs> He's always looking for a way to get better, and he's always looking for a way to get his defense to be better. Um, actually, he and I talked about uh, Jordan Brooks, who's who was yeah he just got drafted this year, who was a rookie linebacker for them, and he wound up playing at Texas Tech, and I had been around him for a little bit, but just just talking to me a little bit on like hey, uh, how can how do you think I can communicate with him a little bit better, something to that extent, and so. Um, it's it, all it does. It just speaks to his work ethic, and um, that's that's one funny thing for me is I, I tell all these guys like, hey, just continue to work. Don't worry about where you are because I don't think that on paper I don't think that a ton of people would expect a high caliber guy like Bobby Wagner to played at Utah State. But it's like I said, it's a testament to how hard he worked with the opportunities that he had regardless of where he was. Thankfully, we were we were blessed enough that he came to Utah State and was able to represent us in, in the way that he did. Chucky, we can't thank you enough for jumping on with us. And, hey, we look forward to more of these conversations now that you're back with us in Utah. Thanks, man. Most definitely. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Okay. That's Chucky Keaton, running backs coach for Utah State, and, of course, legendary quarterback for the Aggies as well. Is that guy impressive or what? He's oh, he always, always has been. been. Yeah, remember yeah. When he, remember when he was a freshman doing all that stuff? I mean, didn't he? Didn't he, he was see That was him who uh, nearly beat Auburn, right? Yep. When they went down yep. there, right after they won I mean, the national they, championship. They should have won. They should have won that game, man. They had that game. That was just kind of a, a weird series of circumstances at the end that that uh, stole that one away from him. But Chucky was impressive right from the beginning, and then later on. He got beat up a little bit on the on the field, but uh, just always been very articulate, smart man. I'm trying to remember who he beat out his freshman year. 
But I, and I think it was an incumbent. But anyway, I just remember how surprised when when uh, they announced, well, Chucky e. Keaton, uh, you know, this true freshman is going to be the starter at Utah State. And I just thought, what? Huh? <laughs> and then you see him play and you go, oh, that's yeah. why. I see. Uh-huh. I get it now. <laughs> poised. I remember him being poised right, right from, from the, the Right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're 100% right. Right off the bat. Yeah. He's, he's a guy that if I'm – I don't care what position I play – but I'm coming to Utah State to, to see what I can do. That's a guy I'd listen to. Yeah, I agree. All right, coming up next, uh, we'll chat with Tim Lacombe and make our NFL picks. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to pick some NFL football games. Joining us now, of course, you'll hear him later uh, with me on Jazz Game Night, but he's our good friend Tim Lacombe. Tim, what's going on? Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Uh, we're doing terrific, buddy. How are you? Well, I was doing great, but I, I'm on my way up. I stopped at a uh, grocery store. I was hungry, and I bought some bananas. <laughs> oh, did you? And... Yeah, and wouldn't you know it, my tongue swelled up because I guess I must be allergic, but also it's like messing with my mind. I'm like swerving all over the road. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> um, anyway, might be it, those, other than that, I'm great. Might be those no. cocaine bananas, yeah. Yeah, bananas are a wonderful drug. Wow, there you go. Uh, all right, let's pick some football games. Do we need to review the records, Austin? Uh, real quick, yes. Tim at 6-3-1. Yes. and one. Okay. Jake at four, five, and one. Okay. And Gordon and I are tied at less than that. Three, six, and one. <laughs> okay. All right. So Tim's basically going to win, but now we're playing for who's not, who's going to lose. That's it's uh, yeah, yeah. That's the race. No, we're, no, no, no. Tell Tim what we talked about earlier. We're we're adding more value to these final games. No, we're you not. Know? This is not happening. Hey, I'm I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Let's do it. I, I, I something against changing the rules midstream here. Okay. I'm not oh, going to Come on. Right. It's for the fun of it all. And, and if Tim, the leader, uh, he doesn't mind, then why should you? I'm I'm really struggling to uh, make sense of all this betting world as it is. I don't I don't know if I can handle another rule of some such. I agree. There. Let's let's just let's right. just call no let's just call the let's call make these games four times more important. Sounds like someone who thinks they're going to lose. Yeah, so. and that made the, the, the previous weeks work worthless. Uh, let's start, shall we? All right, let's do this. Uh, Tampa Bay at Green Bay, the Battle of the Bays. The Packers are currently a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Tim. Who are you taking, Timmy? Give me Tom Brady in the points. All right. Okay. Tampa Bay to cover that three-and-a-half, Jake. Oh, I'm, I'm picking with my heart here. Uh, and, uh, well, actually picking against uh, Tom Brady. So I'm going Packers big. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Gordon, should we even ask you who, who you're rooting for here? Cue the Unchained Melody. Uh-huh. We know. Oh, uh, my love. Okay, <laughs> Gordo? Yeah, I got the bucks and the points. Uh-huh. We knew that was coming. 
Uh, all right, Aust? Uh, well, I have to then go Green Bay. Okay. Because I gotta find we Gordon and I have gotta be separated. Yeah, you gotta so, separate yourself yeah, from Gordon. So okay. I'll go with the Green Bay. On All right. One. All right, and then uh, the other conference, uh, the AFC, the Bills at the Chiefs, Kansas City, a three minus three point favorite. Will Patrick Mahomes play? Does that matter, Tim? Where are you going? It's the Bills' world, and we're living in it. Give me the wings, extra spicy, <laughs> with the upset. All right. Wow. Gutsy. I like it. Gutsy. Even though it won't matter if no. Tim wins or not, he's already the winner. Right. So. And we know Gordon's picking the Chiefs. Yep. yep. Hold on. Hold on. Jake, who are you going with? Here? Wait, wait. Well, hold on here. Go ahead. You, you go no, first. No, that's all right. Yeah, are you really picking no, the Bills? No, we've done the same order all year. Jake, you're next. Oh, well, I'm taking the Bills for sure. All right. Now, well, why? Because uh, I'm picking against you again. Oh. Well,. Can I can I phrase it this way? I'll take the Chiefs if Mahomes plays no. more than two quarters. No. Nope. No. But you're taking no. the Chiefs. We got it. It's all right. <laughs> so you got Chiefs minus three there, Gordon? I got the Chiefs as long as Mahomes is right. No, you have to say now whether or not you're going Man, with the I'll Chiefs. Man, I'll tell you, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to pick the Chiefs and then... Chad Henney's going to run out on the field in the second quarter, and the Bills are going to beat him. Correct. That's probably why you should pick the Bills. <laughs> I'll go with the Chiefs. And I'll go with the Bills so that we're exactly opposite. We're going to know. We're, we're No ties. This ain't soccer. Austin, no ties. You and I are on the same team this week. Yeah. Well, this is this is one of the problems. Gordon made my picks for me, Tim, honestly. But. Tim, what happens? What happens if Mahomes gets roughed up a little bit? Then I'm screwed. Well, I mean, that's the. Unfortunately, you know, you've been a journalist for so long, and you never had to be wrong. You're always right, <laughs> but you got to jump into the fray like I did, you know, and put your body, put it out there, man. <laughs> What's that? Now that what are you going to do? Talking smack at you, and you know. You're By the way, I just got a text. I just got a text from my boss, and he's like, "Why are you? Why, why did you get bananas? And why are you swerving?" So he obviously didn't hear the rest early. But that'll take some explanation there. Tim. Hey, uh, Tim, I thought you were going to start quoting Teddy Roosevelt about those who have actually been in the arena or whatever that is all about. Uh, that's what's. No, I'm not smart enough like. to. I don't quote. I only quote. Uh, yeah, inappropriate <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Majerus. Yeah, exactly. I wonder what Majerus would say about these picks. I don't know. About your bananas. I don't know. Have you picked yet? Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. We're done. We're I'm done. To, uh, Gordon went. Uh, did, he take the, did he take the Chiefs? He did. Tim yeah, and Gordon so, are yeah, going okay. Tampa Bay plus three and a half. Jake and I are Green Bay minus three and a half. And Tim, Jake, and I are Bills plus three. Gordo at Chiefs minus three. So there you go. So Gordon loses. I've got Let's a weak. Hope. You know, I've got a weakness. You guys saw it early. Like, I very rarely am up in golf, but if I do, I press. You know, I let guys have a chance. I tried to do it with you guys. You wouldn't take it. So it's on I'll us. enjoy the crown. It's on us. You're breaking up there, Tim. Uh, Tim, know. thank you. We will see you uh, later on this evening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Just decide what you want to eat, buddy. I'm buying tonight. All right, oh. Thanks, Tim. Tim. So you don't deserve that, that, that banana money. That, that good banana money. He's bringing money. you a bunch of bananas. All right, uh, it is the the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Uh, we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
Wrapping up the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jazz game night is coming up next. Uh, we'll get you ready for the Jazz and the Pelicans. Love these nationally televised game games, Gordon. Love the late tips. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to complain because they moved them up to 8 as opposed to 8.30 this year. So that's not so bad. Get an extra half what? hour. That's all right. <laughs> That makes all the difference in the world, doesn't well, it? Well, no, I mean, I'm still not real thrilled about an 8 o'clock start, but it is better than 8.30. So I have a question for you, Jake. When you when you do that, when you're, you're there in the studio late and, and, and doing all that stuff, after it's all over and you do the post-game show, you come home. Are you too wired to go straight to bed? Yeah. I remember talking to Bowler about that, and he said he used to watch old cowboy movies after he'd come home late at night. And uh, and I, I guess I can relate to that to some extent. What say you? Yeah, yeah. I, I usually go home and zone out in front of the the tube for a half an hour or so just to just to dial it back. Because you know you well you know this, Gordon, and, and just our listeners, you, you do have to if you don't provide extra energy on the radio. You end up sounding like Ben Stein. It sounds weird, but if unless you, you know, you got to kind of get jacked to to make sure you don't <laughs> sound like a dead man, and so it's really tough to go home and and turn that off. So yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll usually go home and and throw on a, a a documentary or something and try and try and bring it down a notch. So I think it's tough for a team to play back to back like that. And I, I, I'll make a prediction. I think the Jazz are going to have to grind a game out tonight. And the, 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 I, I just, you know, I, like you brought up a great point earlier when you said you think Brandon Ingram's going to bring it stronger tonight. Uh, I, I'm curious to see how the Jazz, if they can win, regardless of whether they've got their A game going or whether a B game or whether it gets a little sloppy out there or what it's going to look like. Do they have the wherewithal? To, to gut it out uh, for a second to win in a row against the same team. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a little closer. I, I do too. And in Ingram, I would I would bet will be better. Although you know they had a good game plan against him. Royce did a nice job, but he's a really good player. So it, it'll be a little different tonight, I think. Well, we shall see. I'm not going to predict that anybody's going to score any number of points because the last time I did that, <clears throat> he scored four. He had the worst game of his career. <laughs> Speaking of Trey Trey Young. Gordon, he's going to go true. off for 50 tonight. And he had That's the worst game of I his said. career. I set a line at 30, and he was only 26 <laughs> and, short. and you were like, way over, over by a, <laughs> uh, by a zillion. Oh, man. Yeah. All right, Gordon. Well, you enjoy your evening, buddy, and uh, I will catch up with you tomorrow. All right, Jake, sir. Thanks. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.